the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles joins us right now on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs. Or call 877-346-3333. Joe, good morning. Good morning. So, Joe, I'm, I'm curious about this. We know about the I kids. We know <laughs> it works out well. I ask questions, so it's good that I, I, I'm curious. <laughs> when Jerry Sloan coached the team, there was this whole, uh, and actually, I think it even went back to Frank Layden. There's this whole thing. They always took a pre-Christmas road trip, and it usually ended on December 23rd. And they went out and played five or six games. It was usually an Eastern trip. Under the theory was, hey. Right before Christmas, you play a bunch of home games. There's a lot going on. Uh, maybe not so much for you during a pandemic being from Australia, but people have family in town, and there's family demands, and guys are distracted, and they'll play well. He would just prefer to be on the road then and, and go, go out on the road together as a team. Now you're home. You're literally playing Christmas night, and I wonder how much that's great or how much that messes up the Christmas season for you or what you think about it. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, the game is it, it's fun to play on Christmas. It's it's obviously different, um, especially growing up in Australia and having Christmas in the summer of 100 and plus degrees and swimming in the pool all day, and then having Christmas in uh, the freezing cold snow. Now, um, the the game. I mean, we've played in a couple of them since I've been here, and um, obviously fun. Um, Obviously, as a 34-year-old, I'm not really, like, celebrating and having, like, a ton of fun at Christmas. It's obviously about my children now. So um, my enjoyment and the happiness on Christmas is seeing my kids happy and and opening presents and and doing all that. So as long as the game doesn't doesn't affect getting to open presents with the kids, which it won't because it'll be at 6 o'clock in the morning, I got no issue playing on, on Christmas. Uh, well, there. If you're not I'm having any, go ahead, Joe. Myself, um, but guys w- would have family in town or, or friends or whatever, um, wh- whoever they spent Christmas with. So, I mean, I understand where where people try and bring that in, but it's also. I mean, we're like everybody else. Like, I'm sure a million other people have family come in and they still are working. And um, obviously, ours is just a bit different because people get to watch and judge us on how we work every day. And I will judge you. You better believe it. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw a thing uh, that you scored your 5,000th point. I don't even know that you knew it. I didn't know it. But I'm going to ask you, do you remember your first NBA bucket? I do, um, randomly. Um, I to the first. No, I had no idea that I was there or even close. Or 
or whatever, um, or what my number even looked like. Um, I do remember my first. So I played. I, I I only got to Utah a couple of days before the first home game of the year, um, and we got smacked by Houston. Um, that was when they had Harden and, and all those guys, and I'll still never forget it for some random reason. Alex Jensen always laughs with me about it still, but it was um, Harden had ten assists, and every assist was for a three. So he had like he had contributed however many points, but all. I don't know how many times someone would have had every assist be assisted as a... Anyway, that's just pointless information that I remember. <laughs> um, and then we actually went to Dallas for, for the yep. second game of the year. And I hit a shot, which is weird because it was like a, a mid-range, like a long mid-range pull-up. Um, Dallas bench didn't, took a dribble in and, and made a, a shot, which is weird now because... Since that one, I've got like 10 mid-range pull-ups in the last seven years. So, um, yeah, that was the, the first one. Yes, it was. I looked it up. October 30th. And did you know one of your starters on your team at that point was Ennis Freedom? Uh, I'm very well aware of that, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Ennis. It was Ennis Cantor at the time. <laughs> Okay. Uh, obviously, a lot's changed uh, in the last few years. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Understatement. <laughs> oh, man. I was actually watching uh, Philadelphia and uh, the end of the Philly-Boston game just the last two minutes, and Embiid had like nine points in, uh, in 90 seconds. Do you want to guess who he was matched up with, Joe? Uh, Mr. Freedom. Bingo! <laughs> and he was getting anything he wanted. It turned out he wanted, believe it or not, he wanted long twos. He hit a bunch of 17-footers. And he yeah. made every one of them. <laughs> That's, uh, I heard, it might have been George Niang actually talking about it. The commentators, like, calling a Philly game, and they were like, oh, he keeps getting to this tough mid-range, and then he hit, like, same thing, like, same what you said, like, four or five in a row, and the commentators were like, uh, I think he's actually trying to trying to get that shot. <laughs> that's the shot. That's the shot he wants. So he's, I don't know what his numbers look like, but he's. It seems like he's incredibly efficient off that like one dribble, little hesitation, and shoot it. So, um, hopefully, Mister Freeder watches some film and they they can have a battle again soon. There you go. You've had a couple of games where the team has lost leads. Now, obviously, against Charlotte, you recaptured the lead. Is there any concern any, or maybe any particular reason? Is it just the other team getting hot as to why leads uh, aren't sticking? Is that just the nature of the NBA? Yeah, I think, obviously, a part of it is it's the NBA, and we're, we're playing against, obviously, extremely good players and teams, regardless of their record. And these guys are NBA players. They're there for a reason. Um Obviously, if we can get off to a start like we did, um, the the carefree kind of play, and, and they're obviously, um, I think they were on a back to back, maybe. Yes, um, they were. So just a bit, obviously playing a bit more more freely, and obviously, with, especially when you get, I don't know what the lead was, twenty twenty or something in the first in the first few minutes, really. Um, and obviously, they the the. the telling part of the first half or quarter or whatever you want to however far it went was 
obviously they they weren't making shots and we can uh, contest and defend and do whatever we want. Eventually, they, they're obviously going to make some shots. So um, there's things obviously we can look at and we can try and limit and we can do do better at. Uh, that's the case with, with every game, obviously. But, um, yeah, obviously glad. I, I think they got a one or two point lead at some point and then obviously we, we were able to, to finish off pretty strong at the end. So um, obviously you never want to you never want to let a lead go or, or you want to kind of continually try and push it out, whether it be a couple of points at a time or you can go on a little 8-0 run or whatever it is. But obviously in saying that, the, the other team is, is trying to do the, the, the opposite of that as well. So um, we'll, we'll take the win. Obviously after back-to-back losses, we'll probably would have taken any win. Um, but obviously, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll look at it and... Um, dissect it a little bit and, and try and figure out how to keep getting better as this year goes on. You know, we've heard Quinn talk so many times now after so many games and, and sometimes on off days and he does a thing before the game as well. And so over the years, uh, I think even as a media member, I've really absorbed a lot of the messages, probably a lot of what you guys hear to one degree or another. You get in more detail in your film sessions, obviously. But I just got to think that Quinn's got a really different attitude after a 128-126 game. You lost to the Spurs 128-126, but if you'd won 128-126, I think his attitude would be really different than after a 112-102 game. You guys are good enough shooting the ball. I figure if you're only giving up 102 points, you're going to win way more than you lose. Do you find yeah. that, win or lose, that that you can look at the scoreboard and the final number and know what Quinn's going to say when you get to the locker room? I <laughs> like a thousand percent. <laughs> um, not even necessarily on the score at all. Like it could be 80s, 150, whatever the number. Obviously, if we're giving up 150 and winning by two or something like that, he's, he's going to be a little concerned. But um, that's also like given the night, like if we're shooting well and they're shooting well, like obviously the NBA is the NBA, we get a 128 or whatever it was the other night, so um, yeah, I, I actually said to one of our players the other day, I was like I almost from like when we're out on court and he, he walks out of the office or, or whatever it is from meeting or watching film before practice um, just like as soon as I see him, I feel like I know what he's going to say, or oh, the mood he's in or um, the way he walks into the locker room after a game, the, the mood or, or whatever. Um, I've, like you said, I sit next to Boyan in the locker room, so it's like, you can, Boyan's obviously been here a few years now as well. It's um, You can kind of look at each other and be like, oh, shit, we're, we're in for one here, or, or, or he's going to be really happy. Even even if it is, like you said, like a 128 or, or whatever, you can you can feel the way we're playing and, and obviously at the end of the day, regardless of the score and, and all those things, he wants us playing the right way and like you said, if we play the right way and, and do what we do, we're obviously usually going to hold teams to a reasonable score and, and, and probably win a, a lot of the time. So, uh, yeah, I, I can feel it and like I said, I can I can almost look at him now eight years into this thing and kind of guess w- what he's going to say or, or the mood he's going to be in. For those of you listening, that was Joe's Australian accent of the word shoot. <laughs> yeah, shooting. Yeah, shoot. yeah, just, way, just so we, you know. The way, the way we shoot. Yeah, that's just... Sorry, uh, it's 9.20 it's, in the morning. I, no, I no, 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 it's your Australian accent, and so we understand you talk funny in our country. Uh, so <laughs> there's there's no problem there. I've got an, Ameri- I've got an American sunburn. 
Yes, you do. Which is why I was thinking at the end of your career, you need to change your name to Joe America. In my career, what? Whenever that time is, with the end of your career, you need to change your name to Joe America. No. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) At the end of my career, whenever that is, I I will be on a plane, Qantas, Boeing 737 or whatever they call them. Right. And I will be packing up and heading out of here. Right. And then when you land, you're officially known. You'll stand out in your country, man, if you're known as Joan America. I'm just trying to help you for further income once your big money trails off. You know what I mean? you got to do something the rest of your life. You're going to have another 40, 50 years to live. I'm not that silly, and I wear jazz sweats and chucks. (laughs) <laughs> my, ba- my bank account is full I am doing, so, I'm doing okay So you're saying you're cheap? Is that what you- <laughs> I, Yeah, well I'm not cheap Because I The one thing I'm happy to spend money on Is is my friends and family And going to dinners And enjoying my time with them Okay. But I do drive a, a Really, really old used F-150 And I wear jazz sweats and chucks. I've actually got Crocs on right now because they were given to me. So, oh, I yeah. saw those yellow Crocs, Joe. You look like Daffy Duck. That, that, well, this is the whole point of this. Like, I, I could not care less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very happy. So, when you're retired, are you going to stop working out? Are you going to be into that? I don't care less mode. Just get a big old gut on you, and you just say whatever. No, his wife will demand it. That, that Renee and I have talked about this before. I think I, uh, I definitely won't when I the the first however long it, I don't know how long it takes to not feel good about yourself when uh, you've played profe- or played basketball, played professionally for since I was seventeen. So I'll definitely have a break um, at the start. I said to Renee, I think it'll get to a point where, like, uh, obviously. I enjoy a, a, a quiet beer every now and then, and um, I think it'll get to a point where I'll like wake up one morning and I'll be in my pajamas or shorts or something, and I'll walk, I'll look, I'll see myself in the mirror like when I haven't seen myself for a little while, and I'll be like, oh, it's, shoot. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> oh shoot, it's time to, uh, it's time to figure figure this thing out, <laughs> um, but I'll. Uh, I think I don't know, everyone, everyone says, and I've got a lot of ex-professional friends, and um, a lot of them say that they are fitter now or post-career than they ever were in their career. You obviously find different things that you enjoy in terms of fitness or, or getting out there, whether it be things we aren't allowed to do now um, that you have an interest in that you, you couldn't do, obviously. Um or it's just the kind of things you pick up with, like school dads or the other friends that you make outside of basketball. And um, yeah, I mean, I'll find something to do. I'm not gonna, I'm not just gonna sit around and drink beer and eat donuts all day as much <laughs> as I would enjoy that. Um, or I'll do that, but I'll still work out um, to, to some extent. And obviously, three kids, young kids, I'll be running around with them a lot. And um, yeah, I'll just kind of figure it out as I go. Definitely no uh, plan set in stone for post-career workouts. Well, Joe, Merry Christmas. 
We'll see you Christmas night on uh, on TV, or some fans will be at the game and see you in person. But uh, enjoy the holidays sure and out, it? Yeah. nothing yeah. else to do. Oh yeah, by right. Christmas it, night everything's done. It will yeah. Be, yeah, there's yeah. actually a, an executive who used to be with the club. He left long before you got there. You don't know him, but he when I was new in town, he said, "Yeah, we do really well in the Christmas holidays and on Thanksgiving weekend because you got big families here. Everybody gets together, but yeah. they don't really like each other. And so after 24, 36 <laughs> hours." a couple of meals together, it's time to get out and go to a jazz game and not look each other in the face yeah, and probably. argue politics <laughs> or whatever else. He says, well, we crush it on those holiday games. Yeah. No, I think it's it'll be fun. So hopefully we uh, I don't even know who we play. Who do we play on Christmas? Dallas. Dallas? Yeah, don't screw oh, it up, yeah. Joe. Go. At, you got to get at least one bucket because that's the team you first scored on. Oh, yeah. In, in my <laughs> 627th career game, I should be worried about getting a bucket on the team that I scored my first point on. You should make sure you're not on the group film session with Quinn. Well, maybe the game winner. How about that, the game winner? Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. It'd be a bit yeah. fun. Yeah. All right, thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. Happy appreciate holidays. It. Thanks, guys. Thank yep. you. Joe Ingles joining us every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We appreciate him coming on. Game day on Thursday, Christmas Eve on Friday. We figured he'd move it earlier in the week because he just rarely misses PK. Very rarely. And oh, man, he, he was constant. Yeah. yeah. I had a conversation with Rudy Gobert last week on that, and we brought it up. He says that the guys all know about this streak, that he's done this weekly. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's absolutely incredible. And I remember he told me years ago, because I was the one who set it up, and I, I said, I commented on it. it. must have been maybe the early in the second year. I said, Joe, man, you haven't missed. And he looked at me and he said it real matter of factly. He said, I told you I was going to do it. Like, why are you discussing this? I told you I would do it. So that's the end of discussion. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to bring in. Wow, this is a tough act to follow, huh? But that's why we bring in the woman who runs the show. Michelle Flynn joins us right now, the executive director of The Road Home. Michelle, you got to follow Joe Ingalls. Good luck with that. <laughs> no worries. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming on, and thanks for all you do at The Road Home. The Road Home Mediathon is underway. The Huntsman Foundation is matching donations up to $1 million. And, Michelle, I'm curious, because I don't think I've ever asked you, how did you get involved with The Road Home in the very beginning? What drew you in? You know, um, when I moved to Salt Lake, I was looking to work for an organization that was really, really community-focused. And there was a job opening. So the first time I was ever in a shelter was walking in for a job interview um, at the old facility on Rio Grande Street. And I just knew when I walked in that door, the feeling that you got, the way that the staff were so kind and welcoming to the guests who were coming in and looking for help, I knew it was a great place to work. And that was a couple decades ago. Yeah. Obviously, that facility isn't there. You are running the Midvale Family Resource Center and also the Men's Resource Center, the newer facility on uh, 10th West and South Salt Lake. Plus, you've had a pandemic to deal with. Plus, you're shifting your focus to supportive housing. I got to admit, I was surprised. I knew you were doing that, but I was surprised to see that two thirds of the people you're working with are now in supportive housing and one third are in the emergency shelter. I didn't know the ratio had grown that much. What is the biggest challenge for the executive director of the road home these days well you know it's been a year where 
almost two years now where we've had to change everything we do to make sure we're prioritizing health and safety for the people that are, are showing up at our front doors. And, and as you said, we, we do provide that frontline crisis shelter so that people have a place to go. Families have a place um, whenever they need help. And at the same time, we're immediately surrounding them with support and, and problem solving and sort of understanding where and how is going to be the best place for them to live with the kind of supports that they need. The biggest challenge we're facing right now is this really incredible increase in the cost of rental housing in Salt Lake in, in, in our area. And it's just so challenging to afford for people who are not making a lot of money. And we're there to help. We have rental assistance and deposit assistance we can support people with. But just maintaining that, that high cost of housing is a challenge, I think, a, a top challenge for our community and our state as a whole. The housing's expensive. I was surprised here. We give us a list of, you know, 30 uh, different donations and what it would cover. A $32 donation provides a night of emergency shelter. $1,000 provides two and a half months of housing support for an individual. There's a $45 price point. $45 covers the application cost for an individual seeking housing. Expensive to try and find the housing before you actually do find the housing and have to pay for that. It is. And we have, you know, we've got some terrific landlords and property owners that really like to work with us and and help our families and our veterans and others move into housing. But as you said, you know, $45 is about the average cost to just fill out an application for apartment, even without knowing if you're if you're going to get approved. And oftentimes our families have to do multiple of those applications before they find a place. And so that's a big cost for people. And it's an unexpected cost. And, you know, it's kind of a sunk cost. And so that is a huge, uh, a huge goal of ours to remove those kinds of barriers that were preventing people from being able to get into housing. And that's what the dollars that we're raising today and tomorrow will go to, to help those staff who know the landlords, who know the rental housing, who are out there every day looking, driving around, trying to find affordable apartments with the folks we serve and to help pay for things like these application fees. Well, Michelle, we appreciate all you do. If you've got one thing you could tell people to make a pick up the phone right now and call 801-819-7300 and make a donation, 801-819-7300, or log on to theroadhome.org. If there's one thing you could tell people, what would it be? Thank you. Thank you for, on behalf of my team, on behalf of our staff that are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to provide this service. Thank you for being part of our community to help end homelessness. Michelle Flynn, Executive Director of The Road Home, joining us here on The Zone. All your donations right now up to $1 million matched by the Huntsman Foundation, dollar for dollar. Michelle, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, TJ. 801-819-7300. 801-819-7300 is the number to call. Anything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed. Next, NBA games, jazz game, a couple of NFL games yesterday, a couple more today. We'll get to all of that next. Stay with us.